1: wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.
0: From London, I'm John Weeks, and this is The Standard. Ah, the daily commutes getting around London. It should be so easy, with a huge underground network of traffic-free tube lines, regular buses, cheap e-bikes and scooters everywhere, and taxis galore. But apparently it's not going so well. According to a survey by Peloton, just under a quarter of Londoners hate their commute. That compares to just 16% for the rest of the country, while more than 1 in 10 of Londoners said their commute left them stressed, and 14% said it made them tired. And when you look at the figures, it's easy to see why. The average London commute to work is 38 minutes each way, compared with the rest of the country's 32 minutes. Yet the journey is on average only 6 miles, less than half the distance the rest of the country commutes, which is 15. And when you add to the data some of the figures around delays and disruptions on the capital's transport network, including a wave of strikes and a chronic shortage of Central Line tube trains, it becomes even clearer why we Londoners are so frustrated with our trips into work. Joining me now is our arts correspondent, Robert Dex, who's been looking into the Peloton survey figures. So, Rob, as a Londoner, are you surprised by the results of this survey?
2: No. <laughs> I mean, it, is anybody. I mean, it's one of those things, isn't it? I mean, complaining about the weather, complaining about your commute to and from work is sort of uh, as natural as breathing for those of us who live in London, I, I think. Um Whether it's always justified is a different matter, but I I mean, I think most people probably have a a negative view, should we say, of the transport system um, purely because of their daily commute.
0: And in theory, getting around London should be a breeze, right? When you consider the number of options available for travel, you've got the tube, buses, bikes, taxis, Uber. Do you think it's just the delays and strikes that are making life hard? Or could it be down perhaps to the sheer number of people making their way through the capital each day?
2: I think it's a, a couple of things, actually. I, I think that, you know, strikes don't help. So, so last week we had, I think it was cross-country and Chiltern Railway, we hit by the Aslev strike yeah Heathrow Express wasn't working as it should have been you know and obviously we've had the RMT were on strike last year as well weren't they so we've had rail strikes you know for, for a while running on for a while now which never helps also I think the Elizabeth line has obviously had a lot of problems in terms of delays and a lot of problems I think a lot of people Because the Elizabeth line was a long time coming. We're like, oh, my God, when that comes, that's going to be a game changer. You know, I'm going to get on the Elizabeth line at Paddington and go all the way to Woolwich or, or whatever it may be. And it's not been that simple, has it, for a lot of people. So I think that's hit people as well. And the most recent one is the central line, which, you know, just seems to be a basket case at the moment. I know I was on the central line. It must have been three or four weeks ago and we were delayed. It wasn't nothing too bad, you know, nothing beyond normal experience. But the guy came over and said, you know, we've got delays due to a shortage of trains. And I was like, well, that's a new one on me. Because, you know, we're used to hearing somebody's, you know, there's been an accident, you know, trains stopped in the tunnel ahead, whatever. But, yeah, the shortage of trains on Central Line seems to have just caused absolute chaos as far as I can tell. So I think it's probably all those things together. You know, it's a particularly bad time at the moment. Train strikes, central line's not working properly, Elizabeth line isn't always working properly. And then you just have the general, you know, every so often the tube line goes down or, you know, gets hit by delays. So it's all sort of feeds in together, causing problems. But I actually think there is something else as well. And that's maybe what comes out of this survey, in that for some people, post-COVID their attitude to commuting has just changed and they're just not interested in it, quite frankly. Having not done it for a while and having worked at home, they now think, I'm not going to put up with this. So I do think a significant amount of Londoners' attitude has changed. Whereas before you sort of put up with it as part of the downside of living here, it's like the spell has broken for a lot of people. You know, They didn't have to commute for months at a time and, and they're not going back, essentially. Or if they're going back, they're going back with very, very bad grace.
0: And another interesting thing from this survey was that nearly half of Londoners said they'd feel more relaxed if they exercised as part of their commute. How realistic is that, though, outside of just walking between tube stations?
2: I mean, it's a wonderful thing to think of. isn't it? I mean, I mean it was things like, you know, you can do yoga on the bus uh, and you can meditate on the bus, which I suppose is, is possible if you get a seat. Um, and you can get off a stop early or two stops early and, like, you know, run the remainder of the way. You know, all those things are, are possible. But if you think you've had a dreadful journey in on your train, you've fought to get on the tube, you've finally got a seat, you're thinking, well, I can get off now and, and run the rest of the way. Or having fought my way to finally get in a seat, I can just stay on for another two stops. I think that might be a tad optimistic.
0: So do you think, Rob, that Londoners are destined to be perpetually miserable with their commutes or is there some sort of glimmer of hope for the future?
2: I don't think so. I mean, you would hope that the Elizabeth line, as it continues running, irons out errors and problems and no doubt new problems will arise, but you would hope it would get more reliable. I mean, the central line is literally they don't have enough trains. When they get enough trains, you would hope it goes back to being fairly reliable. The strikes, I mean, I don't think there's an end in sight, but at some point you would hope again that they would come to some agreement and they would end so that all these sort of things that are bubbling under should hopefully be sorted and we'll be back just to the usual (laughs) delays and problems that are, you know, one-offs rather than seemingly every day. Yes, I hope it would get better. I mean, I do think it's, I think we ran a column about this last week, my colleague Melanie was saying about commuting is essentially an hour class issue in that if you have the sort of job where you can work from home, you work from home two or three days a week, you know, but you can't do some jobs from home. You know, you can't be a nurse from home. You can't be a doctor from home. When I get the tube very early in the morning, I'm often the only person in the carriage who doesn't have a spirit level, you know, because it's full of builders going into construction sites. You can't do that job from home. So I don't know if you would hope that to some extent, some of the people staying at home might lighten the load on the system which might make commuting better for the rest of us but of course it will also mean there's less money coming into the system which will presumably have a negative effect on the transport system so i think we're still you know covid has changed everything hasn't it you know and we're still sort of working out exactly how and why and the london transport system is a totally brilliant example of that it has changed forever because it has a lot less people traveling on it you know everyone says You don't see anyone on the tube on Fridays because some people don't go into work. So um, I think the future is quite interesting with the transport system. And I wouldn't dare predict what will happen to it in 12 months, 5
0: years, 10 years. We, We will have to see. Let's take a break now. Coming up in part two, what is going on with the central line?
3: So, if you're a passenger relying on the central line uh, which carries about 200 million people a year and is actually the longest tube line then this is documentary evidence of exactly the scale of misery that you've had to contend with
0: it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze
1: wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.
0: Joining me now is our transport editor, Ross Lydell, who's been looking into the recent issues on the Central Line. So, Ross, incredibly, commuters on the Central Line have been hit by delays and overcrowding virtually every day since the start of December. Quite an impressive statistic. What is going on on the Central
3: Line? Passengers on the central line have had a pretty rough time of late and one of them appears to have taken matters into his or her own hands and submitted a Freedom of Information request to TfL asking exactly how long the problem has been going on. This person asked TfL for details of the number of days when it told passengers that a shortage of trains was to blame for the delays and cancellations on the central line. And the answer came back in the last day or so, essentially almost 50 days up until the middle of January so this stretches from roughly the start of November all the way through December took a couple of days off just after Christmas when the service levels went down and continued again from the 2nd of January when people started to go back to work so if you're a passenger relying on the central line uh, which carries about 200 million people a year and is actually the longest tube line then this is documentary evidence of exactly the scale of misery that you've had to contend with.
0: And I understand TfL has said today, given a bit of an update about what's going to happen next, really, with Central Line. What have they said?
3: Yes, it's the Transport for London board meeting this morning and the TfL commissioner, Andy Lord, gave an update to the board and to the mayor, Sadiq Khan. Andy Lord said that essentially the situation as it currently exists in terms of the delays will continue, in his words, for a few weeks more However, he did say that his best people had been assigned to try and solve this, which rather begs the question of what on earth have they been doing for the past two months if the best people weren't on it already? But he did say that essentially TfL was sort of getting back on track, if you like, to resolve this issue, but he made it quite clear that he regards this as really quite serious. One other thing that he also pointed out was that there have also been problems on the Elizabeth line. So it's not just the central line that suffered, but largely seeing as both lines rather sort of overlap one another to a degree, going east-west and go through central London, that if you've tried to switch onto the Lizzie Line to avoid the chaos on the central line, you're almost as likely to have run into trouble there too.
0: That's it, and I was going to ask, you know, obviously it's the central line that's been hit recently by these issues, but are there signs that other lines have trains that are equally sort of on their way out and could be similarly affected?
3: The particular problem with the central line that these trains are more than 30 years old now. Now, probably 30 years old doesn't sound that old, uh, but when trains are undergoing the kind of intense pressure that these trains do, you know, all think of all the starting and stopping along that route, the millions it carries each day. These trains are really put under great demands on a daily basis. Looking elsewhere across the underground, it's not an entirely rosy picture. The Bakerloo line trains are the oldest on the underground, and they're about 50 years old already, and there is no money in the kitty to replace those trains. So again, some of those trains have had to be taken out of service. There are fewer trains running than TfL wants. And it's only going to get worse. It could well be at least a decade before the Bakerloo line trains are replaced. They already really deserve to be in the London Transport Museum rather than actually running up and down one of the busiest lines in the country. Slightly better news on the DLR. Uh, The DLR is due to get new trains probably from later this year that will increase capacity. And these will be walkthrough trains as well. So that will be a better experience if you use the Docklands Light Railway. The Elizabeth Line, uh, there have been major issues there west of Paddington in particular, but TfL says it's on the case and it's working with Network Rail to try and solve the reliability problems there.
0: So the message to central line sufferers then, Ross, at least for the moment, is just bear with us for a few weeks and and things should be getting back to a a bit of a better state of affairs.
3: Yes, basically Andy Lord, the TfL commissioner, is asking Londoners to bear with him until the end of February. He's saying that things should be better by then. The reality has been that about 30 or 40 trains a day have been missing from service. And this is obviously especially noticeable at peak hours, where you could be standing at Oxford Circus or Bond Street for 10, 12, 14 minutes in the morning. You know, I experienced this a week or so ago. And it doesn't take long for the platform to become absolutely crowded and heaving with passengers. Then, of course, the train does come in and you can hardly get on it because so many people are trying to get off it. So it's a really miserable experience for passengers who have no option but to use the central line. What Andy Lord is saying is, yes, give us until the end of February. Things should be better by then. I don't think it's going to be entirely back to normal. It would seem that there are too many faulty trains that need to be fixed for them to have the chance to do that over the next few weeks. These aren't quick fixes, but things should start to get easier.
0: There's more news, interviews and analysis in the Evening Standard newspaper and at standard.co.uk. Thanks for listening. We're back tomorrow afternoon at four o'clock.
2: anything else
1: custom spray 5 in 1 only from rustolium